0: Hi everyone today i am so excited to be welcoming hillary kinney she is a project director at a fortune 500 company parent and author of the book project management for parents a family guide to teamwork and organization her career achievements range from rolling out customer recognition program across 7,000 properties globally to directing special projects for the ritz carlton hotel company's president's office she lives with her family in the washington dc area And I'm so excited because I love talking all things project management. So thank you so much for being with us today, Hillary.
1: Yay. Another project (laughs) management fan. I'm excited too. Absolutely. Yay.
0: (laughs) So I'd love to hear a little bit more about you in your own words and what inspired you to your book.
1: Sure. I'm a project manager by trade, been doing it for about 20 years. I love it. Um, I know a lot of your audience, be military. Mm-hmm. grew up quite a bit moving around. My dad was state department, so it gave me a love of travel. So I work for a travel company and I do project management for them, rolling out products and services and initiatives across properties, hotels around the world, which is super fun. Yeah. So I definitely have the travel bug. So I've been doing that for a long time and I'm a parent currently of a 10 year old son and I became a parent through adoption and I was inspired to write this book During the pandemic, when everything became really busy at home for families, because schools closed, work was from home, all the activities shut down. So you were a teacher, you know, after school activity provider, you know, everything was happening. You couldn't go out to eat, like everything was happening at home. And I started hearing from all of these other parents that were, you know, struggling with getting everything done. And that just got me thinking, you know, I was like, huh, this kind of feels like work (laughs) (laughs) because at work, you've got these, these initiatives, these projects that people want to roll out and they always want them to go out, you know, faster than you think is realistic. There's never enough money, you never have enough people to get it done, but you still have to get it done and we make it work. And, you know, project management is a profession that's been around for years and there's a lot of structure around, you know, there's this really amazing framework that you can apply to anything. So I was like, huh, I wonder if this would apply to parenting. So I wrote a LinkedIn article about it. I was, it was May of 2020. I was like, Hey, these things might help you, you know, at home, things you can implement. And it started resonating with people and it turned into speeches for international project management day, which turned into a book deal. And the book came out in February. So it's been this really fun, serendipitous journey that I hadn't really planned on.
0: I love it so much. And I think it makes so much sense that we can apply some of the project management principles to our home life and to just all the different pieces of things that we have to put together. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of my audience's military spouses and entrepreneurs, and we have a lot of projects. To mm-hmm. manage. So this is going to be a great conversation.
1: Yeah. And, and it's been a learning for me too, because, you know, I've always worked for a corporate job. And this has turned into my side gig. So now I have like my little entrepreneurial side <laughs> of, you know, the book and speeches, and then I've got my corporate job. So I kind of, it's, it's been a learning journey for me too, and how to start your own business and all that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, awesome. We can dive deep into that too. because That's a lot, to, a lot to talk about there. I always like to start out with definitions and context for everybody, right? So how do you define project management and why would it be something really important for business owners, especially those with kids?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So project management is awesome, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, love it. I find because it's incredibly powerful. We call it the power of the profession. Like you can accomplish anything with project management. Yeah, basically. So the beauty of it is, it's a framework. It's a repeatable framework that once you use, you just repurpose it and use the same framework and tools for any project. So I can use it at home for helping my. Sun with homework, or I can use it at work, rolling out a new technology enhancement. That's what I do right now as I work on Salesforce rollout. So I use it for both. So that's why what's so powerful about it is you learn it and you just keep reapplying it. It's not some new thing that you have to keep trying a different version of. You, you sort of learn the tools and you just reapply them. My personal definition of project management is people plus process. Mm -hmm. So it's not all about the things that need to get done. You're doing it with people. So it's the combination of those two. And I talk about, you know there's the tasks that need to get done, but there's also a way of managing the people and there's a whole science, we call it change management that Mm -hmm. we combine with project management and how you work with people to get the best results.
0: Yeah, that's great. And for business owners, especially for those who are growing their business or bringing on assistants or contractors, having a good plan in place, where they understand some of the project management principles can help. Scalable members. too. You know, mm-hmm.
1: I know a lot of these businesses start out small and you can use it for small projects and you can expand it for big projects. So it's totally scalable depending on, you know, what size of project you're working on.
0: And the people and processes are obviously really important. We taught change management. And when during our pre-chat, I mentioned that I took a project management class in college and that was so frustrating because it was all this like kind of terrible computer program. And, <laughs> you know, you would have to pick a random person based on their experience and that's how much you had to pay them. And then the next week you would find out how efficient they were. You'd get some kind of scoring right. on them. Yeah. And Like poor Bob could never get over like the 30% efficiency mark. And like, we ended up having to fire him all on the platform. And I was like, can- can-
1: can I think do, I've like- done that same computer. <laughs> was like, it was very frustrating. I agree. Yeah, with you. Can we just
0: like, talk to Bob. Can't we figure out what's going on? Maybe he just had a bad week. You know, just like it took out that people part of it. Right. And how, especially when we're talking about our families and project management, how does that people part of it and change management play such a factor? Like how do you get people on board? right? When you're ready to launch into a project.
1: Sure. Yeah, this is the fun part. So with people, it's really important to involve them early and basically involve them in the process. So as soon as you th- you're you thinking about something, if you're thinking about moving your family, start talking about it early so they can start thinking and processing it. And I think a good way to think about it is every, anytime you're taking on a new project, it's something new and you're going from something, you know, to something that's new, old to new. So within that transition from old to new is a change. So you're leaving something behind to get to someplace new. And, you know, that's pretty clear when you're moving, you're leaving your old town and you're going yeah. to a new country, you know, as it probably is for military. So with that, it's an emotional response to change and you're leaving something. So it's a loss. So it's like a grief response, right? Sure. Yeah. So I'm sad because I'm leaving and you can see people going through that grief reaction Anger, denial, I'm blanking on the rest of them. And the last one's acceptance, right? Like acceptance, barking. right? Yeah. So they'll work through that model and you'll see them, you know, working through it. <laughs> if you're getting resistance to something, just realize expect that emotional reaction. I think first helps. If you think the military family, the troops are just gonna follow through on my orders. With kids, they're not like that, right? Yeah, they're like emotional beings and they don't have that emotional range or maturity that adults have. So it's a lot harder. So if they're throwing tantrums, it just helps know, oh yeah, okay, this is a big deal for them. It's a big emotional reaction and just recognize it and giving them that time to work through it and being there to support them. People think through that this is a bigger process than just physically moving the family. Yeah. First of all.
0: To be fair, I've also worked at plenty of offices that had to deal with big changes and adults also have emotional roller coasters when it comes to
1: change. <laughs> yes, right?
0: We also yes. have to manage their feelings and tantrums, for lack of a yeah. better term.
1: <laughs> yeah. So giving them the time is important to work through that and also getting their input, involving them in the process so they can help script that process and that outcome and have some in the process. You know, you'll have a better outcome because they'll be involved in it. And they will also feel more ownership over it. Yeah. So they'll be more accepting of it and more willing to accept and go along with it. So that's another really good key, involve them in that planning process and use their ideas and adopt them. And like your kids, there may not be, you know, you get orders to move. There's not so much you can change about that, but hey, when we move, you know, do you want new, you know, bed sheets? Do you mm-hmm. change your room a new color? You know, what can we do to support them? Can we arrange play dates with the kids that they're moving away from? And when you get to the new town, can you reach out to mom groups or get them settled in meeting new people? So there are specific things we can do to help them make that transition a little easier and settle in. I think that's
0: really important because without that kind of conversation happening, the person, whether that's, again, whether it's a kid or an adult, they're just going to feel like their needs aren't going to be heard or met and whatever that change is going to be. And so I think that getting them involved, asking them questions, what do you need from this new thing to make mm-hmm. you feel like you can work your best or be happy you know whatever that case is depending on the situation and who the audience is is so incredibly valuable to Mm -hmm. get everyone on board and move along
1: yeah yeah absolutely and they and then that'll help them make that transition quicker because otherwise it can take longer for them to make that yeah it's scary
0: right it's scary they're gonna feel like it's not gonna be that what they need isn't gonna be there so when we're dealing with a lot of different things going on right like using this move example, moving is stressful no matter what. With any kind of like military component to it, it's your timing is not fully your own. There's a lot of other moving pieces that need to be coordinated. How do you start determining what's a priority so that you're able to kind of stay on track and get everybody moving towards that end goal
1: yeah yeah with moving there's so much going on like you've got the little stuff like you know pack up the kitchen and you've got the big stuff like manage the family and change schools and that sort of thing so in times when it's super busy I really think it's important to laser in on your most important priorities and let the stuff that doesn't matter you know go by the wayside. So I think it's really important to have a conversation with your partner or if your kids are old enough, you kind of have to decide what those key priorities are. Like for example, you know, I've been super busy and the garden has just fallen by the wayside. (laughs) You know, the yard does not look as pretty as I would like it to be, but I just don't have the time and that's okay. Or, you know, my Christmas decorations stayed up a lot longer than I normally (laughs) would because I just didn't have time to take them out, but it's, it's not a game changer. So it was more important that, you know, at that time I was helping my mom who was in and out of the hospital. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of just falls to the wayside. So I think it's really important to laser in on those priorities. It's family time, really important right now because we're going through this big change and we need to kind of like rally around the kids. So just really laser in and figure out ways that you can get stuff done. So you can focus on those things. And the way I like to think about it is a seesaw. Okay. So you either reduce the work you're doing, or you add resources to help. So, you know, for a period of time where you're having to pack up the house, can you get, you know, pizza or get takeout a couple nights a week? Sure. Yeah. Or can you have, if you're lucky enough to have friends or relatives nearby, can you send the kids off for a play date? So they're occupied so you can pack up the house. So they sort of, they're helping you with that workload. You're bringing in resources to help. Mm-hmm. And then by deciding not to mow the lawn or, I don't know, to get your nails painted that week, you're giving yourself more time because it's reducing the workload. So I like I think that seesaw analogy is helpful to think through what can you change short-term to help you focus on those most important priorities.
0: I like the resources part of it. You mentioned some great examples of things that aren't always outsourcing and paying more. Do you have a babysitter option? Mm-hmm. Right? There are, are plenty of different options because I think that's one of those pain points, especially when thinking from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it's easy to just say, "Oh, we'll just outsource that piece of work, right?" I just don't have the resources, but I don't right. have yeah. Money to do that. So yeah, I just got yeah, to get it done.
1: A new business, yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: But I can be creative, right? So I think taking a taking a second to pause and say, "Okay, how can I balance the seesaw right now when I have mm-hmm. so much on my plate? What can I take off, or what kind of additional support yeah. do I need? Whether that's a little bit of extra time alone, whether that's you know a different smaller tool can really help in those yeah. cases."
1: And also like the volume of the work, like what I did, I was super busy. My book launched in February. I had a lot going on with my family and I was just really tired over the summer. I just decided to post less on social media. I still kept my check. Cause I was posting every day for a year and wow. I was like tired. Yeah. So- <laughs> That's a lot. That'd be <laughs> I decided, okay, I think three, four days a week is enough. Yeah. And that just gave me enough of a break. So I kind of decreased that volume of work to you know, give me a bit of break and then I came back and then I took two weeks off social media in August during our family vacation and I came back refreshed and re-energized. So also giving yourself that allowance to scale back when you need to and in ways that is still realistic for the business and when you need to do it.
0: All right, so going back up to the people and the process part of it, let's talk a little bit more about process. We got the people yeah. on board, we've engaged them early. They're like, okay, it's happening, let's do it. What's the next step there in terms of process?
1: So in terms of process, first, you have to know what's going on, right? You got to think <laughs> about <it. laughs> You got to remember everything that needs to happen. Yeah. So it's all about, you basically have to document it because we can't keep it all in our heads. Yes, love that. Keep it in one place, like figure out what works for you because everybody's different. People like reminders of their phone. Some people like an Excel. For moving, I would recommend an Excel spreadsheet because there's a lot. And actually share, I can share. I've got an Excel spreadsheet I use for my mom's move to assisted living if you want to your community. And it's just a list of, okay, what's the task? Keep it short. Like can be just be done by one person and it's Mm -hmm. one sentence. What is it? When does it need to be done? Who's going to do it if you know, and then any notes Yeah. and then have a column for what's the status? Is it in process? Is it done? Not scheduled. And my sister and I did this. We had to, we were moving my mom's to assisted living and we put it up on a Google share drive and just, we'd be having these phone conversations and we remember something that needed to be done and we just put it on the list. Yeah. We didn't have to have a lot of details just so we didn't forget. And we didn't lose sight of it. And then as we got closer to that, we talked, okay, who's going to do that? Can we have our, my sister in Alaska help? Can she and I do it? Can my brother do it? Let's figure out where the task would land. So yeah. So write it down, figure out what works for you. And then, so once you have visibility and this is a fluid process, right? You're not sure. going to know everything that needs yeah. to be done at once. So that's why it's good to have it like in one place that you can go back to. And then, you know, if you don't have, you know, access to your computer at that time, just shoot yourself a quick email or just keep a running list of notes on your phone and then you can go back and add it later. It is super helpful. And then once you kind of have a view of what needs to get done, going back to who does it, start thinking about those resources that you have. Like for me, I'm fortunate to have three siblings that can help. And we also hired a really great moving company that sort of did above and beyond what other moving companies did to help with a lot of the work. So think of the resources you have and how you can divvy up that work. Yeah. How the work And what's realistic and talk it through with them. My brother was based in Belgium at the time because he's State Department now too. So he couldn't help a whole lot. And we knew that so... He could help with, you know, certain things like contracts, but he wasn't there physically to help us. So just keeping in mind what people have going on. And then one of my sisters was busy doing college tours with their kids at a certain time. So they couldn't help just, so just have a view into what's realistic that people can help with when, and you can map out the timing. Yeah,
0: um, the capacity
1: piece is important there, yeah. And then, you know, with your kids, if you're moving, figure out like, if you have young kids, they're not going to be able to do much. If you have older kids... You have a conversation as who can do what you can make it fun. You could put all the tasks like in a bowl and they could one out, <laughs> you know, they could help you come up with a task, like have a competition. Okay. What do we need to do to move? Write it down. Whoever comes up with the most idea wins a prize, you know, make it fun, put on dance music while you're like, you know, Love it. yeah, packing up the house, get them involved in a fun way. Um, so that sort of organizes the task. And the other thing that's really important is just the ongoing communication and just, having like either with your business partners or with your family, having ongoing check-in meetings, project okay. management, we just call them status meetings. We have them yep. weekly and we just talk about, okay, what's been done, what are we going to do? And what do we need help with? And you can do those, you know, with your business partners. I do them. I do those bi-weekly with my social media manager. We meet, we talk about what's coming up, what's been done. What do we need to troubleshoot? And for a family move, just talk about over dinner. Okay. How is it going? What are we working on next? What do we need help with? And it keeps those communication lines open. And what I also love about it is when you involve your family in it and your kids, it starts developing that those planning skills in their brain Yeah. and those exec executive function skills that are so important and they can help problem solve too and start planning things out in their head. So it's been really fun to see my son, like we were coming home from school this week and he's like, okay, mom, I'm going to go home. I'm going to put my stuff away. I'm going to do my homework. And then I'm going to go out with my friends. So you can start him. He'll start to plan it out in his head. So it's just a great, not only does it, you know, bring the family together as a team and help get the work done, but it gives them great life skills. Mm -hmm. And it builds that bond because you're doing and creating something together. Right. And that's, the beauty of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, you said so many good things. I So many things I want to jump back on and follow up on. I absolutely love the idea of visibility in the tasks and keeping them all in one place, making them smaller or actionable. Task list is not move to a new house right? The task list is pack the kitchen, pack the bathroom, right? right? Like it's (laughs) buy the box, buy the the boxes. Exactly. (laughs) Like we're talking granular here yeah. and that's where it can feel a little bit overwhelming when you see how long that task list is. At the end of the day, it is, they can be lengthy, but they're all super actionable, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to like stand there and wonder, okay, what do I do next? How do I even get this started? You go and you buy the boxes. Easy. Right. Check off the list, right? Ready for the next thing. So I love that visibility piece. And you mentioned finding a system that works for you. There's so many tools that are available, but it doesn't have to be super complicated or sophisticated, right? You don't need to invest in some massive tool. Excel works great. Like a whiteboard in your home Mm -hmm. could work great. You know, whatever. Yep. Whatever you need to do that is going to function well for you and your family and that you can be consistent with.
1: Yeah. So sure. that you don't
0: have lists everywhere. because That's the other. Yeah.
1: yeah. I always recommend use the simplest method possible. Don't overcomplicate mm-hmm. it. And it has to work for you. It has to work your family. It has to work for your business. Cause there's no point in buying some newfangled computer software. If it's too complicated and you're spending yes. all your time using it, like the goal of Process and project management is to save you time in the long run. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be spending so much time planning and inputting tasks in the system that it's taking up more time than it would otherwise, right? Yeah. So it's supposed to save you time in the long run.
0: That was my favorite way to procrastinate when I started my business: is deciding, okay, I'm gonna, I'm really, I'm gonna invest in Asana. I'm gonna do all of my stuff in Asana, and then I would spend hours creating the boards and writing all the tasks.
1: I, then, it, I never it, use But you had a beautiful board.
0: <laughs> it looked fantastic, and it did include everything, which was also redundant because I am a paper and pen person. So everything was duplicated in
1: my notebook. Can I tell you something awesome yes, and awesome project board <laughs> that I just came across. So, have you seen the new Netflix show Instant Dream Home? Yes. Oh my goodness! Yes. Have you seen their Love project it. board? It's like no. this massive. It was on the first episode. It's massive. It's like probably fifteen feet wide by 10 feet tall and it's you know how they renovate a home in 12 hours so it's the 12 hours across the whole board and then they have the different rooms of the house like kitchen living room dining room down the side and then they've got the blocks of work that are happening at each time so it's like this gorgeous visual presentation of what they're going to be doing for the next 12 hours as they renovate this entire home and I post about it on LinkedIn and it's gotten like 20,000 impressions. Like people, all the project managers in my community are like so excited. They're like, I love this board. Can I get one? And we're all like so excited about
0: it. I think that's awesome. And I, yeah, I'm such a visual person that I think that's what I don't, and that's why actually a son is not great for me because I need to be able to like, I need to touch it, right? I like got like a tech app, yeah. like I need to be able to like pick up the list, cross things off. I need to move it around, reprioritize yeah. and it doesn't feel as real. Yeah. When it's a digital list. And
1: I need it in front of me. If it's not in front of me, things can get lost. So I've got, you know, my next two months on my wall so I can see it. Like I'm a very visual person yeah. too. Yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah. It definitely okay. is
1: easier for me when I can see the big picture.
0: Now I'm trying to figure out where I could get a big board in my office. So my
1: <laughs> huge whiteboards, but I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. One thing I want to t- touch on for tasks, if it's overwhelming when you have all these like minute tasks, one thing that's helpful is to categorize them. So you can just create oh, a another column and just say you could do like before the move, day of move, after move. And then you can just sort them. So you just work on the, that section of time that you're in, right? So you yeah. don't have to see everything at once. That's one way just to keep them a little more organized and less overwhelming.
0: That's a great tip. I love that. That's awesome. The other thing you mentioned was talking about having status meetings or like weekly check-ins. And I think that's actually incredibly valuable, even if you are a solopreneur, even if it's just you, like check in with yourself. What did you accomplish this week? Celebrate that. One, very rarely ever celebrate ourselves. So yeah. celebrate what you've accomplished. Figure out what is going to be any challenges you may come up for next week or what you need to be prepared for. Like. Especially as I've been doing podcast interviews, I have to think ahead because I can't just show up to the meeting. I have to like have my notes ready. I have to know, yeah. what I'm, you know, so making sure that you have, I have to make sure that the person actually emailed me all their stuff. And so we're not scrambling and right before the meeting. So preparing for the next week and, you know, finding what information you're going to need, what challenges you may face. And then what are you going to accomplish during that time? That's a great weekly yeah. check to do with yourself. I love yeah. that idea.
1: And then there's another component that may be helpful to solopreneurs too is part of project management status update meetings as we talk about risk. And risk management is a whole part of project management where we basically talk about anything that could have a positive or negative impact on your project. So as a solopreneur, you can think through, okay, what are the current risks to my project? What if Instagram shuts down my account? That's so a very, very real risk for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, Facebook just told me that they shut down my ad capability. I'm like why there's no reason so I have to like you know petition to them to release my ad capability so risks like that can impact your solopreneur business right so with risk management what we do in project management is we talk about it or you could just think about it in advance okay what are these risks to my business what could they be could you know my social media accounts get put shut down. What's my mitigation strategy? What can I do about it? Should that happen? You know, I've known so many solopreneurs who's who's had their social media accounts shut down. (laughs) There's lots of information online. Maybe I should educate myself on that in advance. When it happens, I'm prepared. And then you just read it. Is it the impact and likelihood of it? happening? Is it high impact and is it likely to happen? Then I probably should have a plan for that about what I can do. And from a parenting perspective, you can think through child care is huge, right? Yes. What do you do if you know there's a snow day at school? What's your child care plan? Or what if grandma can't Babysit the day, what's your backup child care plan? And what can you do about it in advance? And so, for us, what we've done is we found a backup child care facility that actually required some pre work, right? We couldn't just drop them off the day there's a snow day. We had to find <laughs> the entire health facility, go visit it, fill out the contracts, get our credit card, and all set up. So, it required some pre work. So, when that risk occurred, we were ready. So, we knew that was likely to happen and it would be a high impact. So, that was one thing we got ready for. So I think for solopreneurs, just think through, okay, as you're doing that weekly check-in meeting, what do I need to think about? What do I need to be aware of? Maybe the holidays I'm really busy personally, is there's things I need to do in advance to get ready to keep my mm-hmm. business running? If I want to take some time off over the holidays, what pre-work can I do now to make sure things are spent yeah. that time? Just giving yourself that dedicated time to think through that in a structured way can be very helpful
0: yeah that's amazing advice that risk piece might be something you roll into when you're doing like a quarterly plan right Mm -hmm. what could come up because again we're coming into a season of snow we're coming into a season of busy holidays of sick kids Mm -hmm. right so your risks may change depending on the season so that's something that you could even think about quarterly and Mm -hmm. make a plan yep absolutely all right so i love to talk with folks about the behind the scenes right? Mm-hmm. And, and highlighting all the amazing things that people are doing and how their personal schedule reflects that or supports them in that. So I'd love to take a look behind the scenes of what a normal day or week in your life
1: looks. Like. Sure. So what I've done to make it realistic to juggle corporate job, solopreneur, yeah aging mother I got a lot going on yeah yep. I negotiated a flexible schedule with my corporate job so I work about 25 to 30 hours a week on that awesome which otherwise I could there's this is I it would be physically impossible for me to do it right so first be realistic yes absolutely <laughs> we are not superhuman there's only so much one person can accomplish in a day. Uh, don't break my heart <laughs> sorry <laughs> In project management, we're all about managing to our limits. So all so we, we have limited time, energy, and money. And we, you know, we can't, you know, exceed those because there are consequences either physically, mentally, emotionally, or business-wide, you know, Fair enough. Yes, be realistic. <laughs> so that first and foremost, I think that's really important. And then the, and then I have to manage my boundaries pretty well because, you know, my regular job could easily bleed in to one. So I just have to be you know, pretty regimented about the hours. So I do, I usually do nine to 1230 for my corporate job. And then my afternoons I use for my personal business and then picking up my son from school and, you know, activities with him. And then I check in um, at the end of the day in my corporate job from four to five okay. to see if there's anything I need to manage. And then sometimes on weekends, cause, cause I like to write, you know, I blog. And so I need... Sometimes when the muse Muse hits and I really want to get something out. My husband's very supportive about, hey, you just take your time and you write because yeah, he's an absolutely. editor. He kind of understands the writing process. So, yeah, having a supportive partner is huge. You mm-hmm. can do it without him either. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, he's always willing to, you know, go get dinner if something's, if it's a busy day or stuff is coming. And then the other way to, to make it happen is we kind of limit going back to priorities. You know, our priority is, you know, family, church, our jobs, our son. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep it pretty simple. Yeah. Um, you know, he usually doesn't do more than one like activity at a time, yeah. like flag football in the fall, basketball in the winter. So we try to keep our schedule. I call it white space. Yeah. Like we try to allow an- enough white space in our schedule. So we're not like back-to-back on everything. So I think that's, what's key and just other things. Like we have a small house you know? <laughs> and we have, and we pay for people to come in and clean it every other week. So that's something like takes the work off us so we can do other things. So it goes back to those priorities that I was talking about. Set your priorities. Like, I don't like cleaning, you know, I'm not good at it. I'm going to pay someone else to do it. Right. I like to cook. My son and I have food allergies. I need to cook. I focus on that. So it's all going back to what are your priorities? What's important to your family? And every family is going to be different, right? Some people hate to cook. Like my friend Maureen loves to clean. Like she could clean her house all day, but she hates to cook. So just set it up. Yeah, one, she may hire. She may pay for one of those meal delivery services, but she never pay for someone to come clean her house. yeah. Just figure out like what works for you, and then also what's realistic based on your budget and your family situation, and that's going to change over time too. Yeah.
0: That, I love it, and the the white space piece of it is so important because as soon as we start building up that back to back schedule, then it's like when one thing gets a little off track, there's no room. There's no room to catch your breath. There's no room to adjust or reschedule or move things around because every minute's packed and yeah. then it reflects poorly in work. So building that white space in is great. And then I was actually just talking to a client yesterday and she was debating about hiring a cleaner and going back and forth about it. I was like, just do it. Yeah, it was like, do it. just yeah. do it. Make a decision again or a meal delivery service, right? whatever, whatever. Makes sense for you but if you have the capacity and the resources to outsource some of those things just do it and save yourself the hassle of it and feel good about it right feel yeah like you can there's nothing to be embarrassed about cleaning we hired someone for my 800 square foot apartment in arlington yeah. and it was just yeah. two of us we were two grown-ups yeah and so it's like i don't want to spend my time doing this so i think that's great then does it change a little bit over the summer or do you change for different seasons are they fairly um, consistent
1: it's pretty consistent it just depends. Like corporate job, if that's busy, my hours may go up to 30. But fortunately, there, I sell flexibility within the day if I need it, which is good. Or if I have a speaking engagement, that can bleed into other things. So it's just kind of having the flexibility to move things around. I, my ideal schedule, if I could work nine to two and then have my afternoons off, that would be great. Yeah. But, you know, I have to be realistic with what's, what works for the business. Mm-hmm. I need to check in at the end of the day. So I have to be flexible in that. Yeah, as well, just to make it work for everybody.
0: I have a couple of fun rapid fire questions for you then. Are you a
1: morning person or a night person? I'm more of a middle of the day person. <laughs> I'm not super, I'm not a jump out of bed person. I'm like, you know, between 10 and nine, I'm great. <laughs> Before or after that, I get a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect.
0: I love it. Paper and pen are all digital.
1: I'd say I'm more paper and pen, you know, that visual yeah. thing. I love a good Excel, Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. I'm all for that. But for me, I'm more of a tactile person. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, cool. And what is your favorite way to relax?
1: Relax? I'm, I love the outdoors. And for me, exercise is super important. So swimming I'm regularly, or I go biking or, you know, walk the dog, just getting outside, fresh air, sunshine is really restorative for me.
0: Yeah, and there's so many good spots in the D.C. area, so that's a good, yeah. lots of good options there, and us being there. Yeah. I would love to send people your way. Your book is awesome. I've started reading it, and even if you don't have kids yet, because I don't have kids yet, it's just so great to think ahead about how I can get, even trying to coordinate a family. So I'm even trying to think about how I can apply this to planning family get your vacations scope and document everything. Going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah getting everybody on board. We're going to start talking about it early, give everyone time for their feelings. It's a yes. lot of, yeah, it's all of that, it's all those pieces. So where Good. can people find you and your resources and take advantage of your book, Project Management for Parents?
1: Sure. Everything's on projectmanagementforparents.com and you can link out to my socials there and the book's available at any major online retailer.
0: Love it. I'll put all of that in the show notes, but thank you so much, Hillary. This is an awesome conversation. I'm, so I can nerd out about project management for quite a while. So I'm glad we were able to chat.
1: Yeah, so fun. And then, you know, what you'll learn in my book, like it's basically project management. You can apply it to your business too. So yeah. like the fundamentals don't change. Like we talked about, mm-hmm. you can apply to parenting. I apply it to tech rollouts, to the hotel business. So once you learn it and read the book, I had one person read it he's a parent and he's also a solopreneur and he's like, yeah, I'm using it for my business and for my family.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to start implementing those kind of weekly check-ins with myself. And, yeah. you know, and there's again. a risk
1: chapter in there. Yeah. yeah. So it's all That's in there. There's, a, there's two priority chapters in there. So yeah, those are all That's questions
0: that I get asked a lot about. So I definitely recommend folks check you out. And thank you so much.
1: Yeah, today. I really enjoyed it.
0: Hello, I'm popping in before we say goodbye to let you know that the doors are open for the Unbusy Business Owner Membership. This monthly membership is for the time management curious entrepreneur. You may know what to do, but not how to do it, or you know you could improve your productivity. This membership includes two live coaching calls a month, at least one live training, quarterly retreats, and much, much more. Join today for just $10 at chelseanewmeyer.com. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.